Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day P31 Woman Podcast Show with your host, Crystal Ingemezi. Over these past few days, I have been having some moments of clarity and reflection and honestly evolution. I've been pretty candid about my talks and my conversations about mental health when it comes to depression and anxiety. And a lot of the things that I've been learning over these past few years as I've been taking God to his word, um, walking and following him in faith is that God is very intentional about helping us to see who we really are. Um, The Bible says, Jesus says in the Bible that your life is in me, like your life is in Christ. As believers, we believe that our life is in Christ. And when you make the decision to, you know, surrender and lay your life down so that you can actually pick up the life that God actually has for you, which is the life that you've been actually created for. You spend your time learning more and more about who you are. I know that sometimes when we experience things like rejection or what we would call like setbacks or just things that we may not understand, it may feel like life is against us. But what I have been learning is that God is setting us up for opportunities to find out who we really are. So when we speak about this notion of identity, understanding like who your life is in, I believe that God wants us to learn more and more about him so that we can learn more and more about ourselves. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about identity. Why haven't you found your person yet? (laughs) And we're going to be pulling some interesting things that God gave me to share out of the passage of John chapter 11, specifically verses 1 through 44. Now, you will find the story of Lazarus in this passage, the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Now, I'm not going to read that story, but I would encourage you to read it for yourself. There are some interesting things that I pulled from this that God illuminated for me. Um, The first things was, you know, Jesus knew Martha and Mary. He knew Lazarus. They were all a family. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus were siblings, and Jesus knew them, and he loved them. And Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. And the first thing that I found interesting as I was reading this was it says, you know, Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick. He loved Lazarus. And so he waited two more days. (laughs) And I remember reading that and being like, what? What you mean? Like you loved him, but so you're going to wait? Like the man is sick. Like, so you're going to wait? And if you know the story, you know that Lazarus eventually died. And Jesus, you know, was trying to let his disciples know, like, hey, Lazarus is asleep, you know, and they were like, okay, let him rest. And Jesus had to say plainly, like, no, Lazarus is dead. And, you know, I'm glad that you get to witness what I'm about to do, basically, is what he told them. And, you know, when Jesus does go to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he meets Martha there And, you know, she's like, man, if you would have came, you know, like on time, you know, my brother would still be alive. Like now he's dead. Now, Jesus knew these things. He knew before he went, you know, when he was telling his disciples, his disciples, you know, didn't know 
what Jesus was about to do. They had never, no one had ever seen Jesus raise somebody from the dead. So they didn't know he was going to do that, but they still went with him. They still followed him. And as Jesus was talking to Martha, he was letting her know, like, your brother will rise again. She did not understand what he was about to do, um, but she had enough faith in him to believe that whatever he was going to do, it was going to be something. And so I find this miracle interesting because a lot of the other miracles Jesus performed, you know, it required the faith of the people. And in this particular miracle, people had to have faith in Jesus, even though they didn't know what he was going to do. And I think in our own lives, we have so many of those types of opportunities where something in our life dies and we have an opportunity to have faith in God or to doubt God. We may not know what he's about to do, but there's something beautiful about trusting and having belief and faith in God that produces miracles. And I, be- I remember so many times in my own life as I was going through the trenches of just having so many opportunities to learn how God works and to see the miracles of God, um, a lot of things were dying in my life. And I didn't really understand why my choosing Jesus resulted in so many things in my life dying. And, you know, I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit that is our seal that confirms with us that Jesus Christ rose and the whole Christian faith is built on this principle. Jesus had to perform that miracle because he literally was about to go to the cross. And sometimes God allows things to die in our life so that when he raises them up in a new form, it gives us faith to believe the next thing. Now, Jesus performing this miracle made a lot of other people believe in him, but it also deposited a seed of faith in the lives of his disciples because again, he was about to go to the cross. He himself was about to die and he needed them to have a seed of faith to believe that he could rise again. And after Jesus rose, he, you know, encountered and, you know, a lot of his disciples did witness him as he had his time on the earth before he transcended upwards. But there are a lot of people who never saw that. And even us in this generation, we did not see Jesus die and raise up. But because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us that bears witness to Jesus, we believe in him. And so... When we talk about identity, when we talk about things dying, I think it's important for us to have proper context because I've been, you know, again, very vocal about um, my journey when it comes to depression and anxiety. And a lot of the things that can cause you to feel depressed or to feel sad or to be anxious is how you process information, your perspective. And over these past few days, you know, I've really been challenging myself and God has been helping me to look at things in different perspectives, to live in my days as opposed to trying to live in a future that I have not seen. When you have the gift of prophecy, when God tells you things of the future, when God tells you promises he has for you, I think sometimes we can choose to live in those promises in our mind, even though we're not living in them in real time. 
And sometimes what that can do is it can cause you to be depressed when you don't know when that thing is going to show up. And the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And sometimes that can cause you to feel depressed. Sometimes that can cause you to feel anxiety because you're waiting for this person or this job or this opportunity or this money or whatever it is you're waiting for to show up. And because your mind is living somewhere else, you don't have an opportunity to live in your current situation. We don't know tomorrow, you know, God may tell you certain things to come, but there are, you know, some people who experience those things in heaven. And so what we do know is that we have today. And in my practices, these past couple of days of just choosing to live in the present, man, it's given me an opportunity to be so thankful because I've been able to see all of the little miracles, as we call them, all of the things that God has placed in my day to help me for the day or to, you know, challenge me creatively or to inspire me to have, you know, new and better ideas. Um, It has helped me mentally because, When you study, you know, depression and anxiety, specifically depression, uh, a lot of what causes depression can be trauma. It can also be negative emotions. And if you've ever, you know, struggled with depression, you understand what I'm talking about. But the brain functions a certain way. And whenever you have a surplus of negative emotions, you will have an unbalanced mind, right? Which will cause you and lead you to thinking negatively, which will just kind of put you in this further spin downwards. And so when you choose to be present in your everyday experiences, when you choose to see things from a healthier and more positive perspective, it helps you to develop positive emotions for your brain so that your brain can be more balanced. Or if it does become unbalanced, it's unbalanced in the positive spectrum. And so I'm kind of a nerd. I'm kind of a geek if you haven't noticed. And so I read up on these things. I like to study things that I'm called to steward over. And we all have brains. Um, We all have bodies. And so we are called to steward over those things. And how can you steward over something that you do not understand? So I would encourage you, if you find yourself struggling mentally, if you find yourself having a lot of negative thoughts or thoughts of anxiety, I would encourage you to educate yourself. You can read and buy books, read them from the library, check them out or buy them off Amazon. Books I recommend from like PhDs, people who've actually studied these things and have, you know, um, degrees um, in history and in studying them. But um, going back to the story, <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit more deeply about the concept of identity. Now, I started this conversation talking about, you know, why you haven't found your person yet and rejection. And I think that for a lot of us, as we're on our journey to finding self, as we are walking through life with God, you will experience a lot of rejection. Now, I don't know about you, but I hate rejection, (laughs) right? I hate feeling like I'm losing I hate feeling like a failure and I hate feeling like I'm being rejected and for the kind of career that I could say I've chosen, but really has chosen me. 
I experience rejection on a daily. Like as an entrepreneur, there's just so many opportunities to experience rejection from people, from opportunities, from ideas. There's just there's just a lot there, right? And so as I was really thinking with God the other day about just like rejection, you know, he was really challenging me to think about rejection differently. The interesting thing about the brain is that you can show 10 people the same object or 10 people can have the same experiences, but those 10 people can have varying perspectives. And that's interesting. The same thing can happen to two people, but they have different perspectives on it. The thing itself has not changed, but the way that you see it has. And whenever I have had very traumatic experiences and situations that have happened to me, when I've allowed time to, you know, heal and just spend honestly quiet time with God, he's helped me to see uh, and develop different perspectives. Like look at this thing differently. And as I have done that, it has helped me to see the good in it, to see the light in it, to see the silver lining. And that has helped me. That has helped me to, you know, function better. That has helped me to keep having faith in God. That has helped me to keep taking chances on myself and chances on my future. What I find for a lot of people, specifically a lot of women, is that whenever there is some type of rejection experienced or some type of quote unquote failure that happens, women tend to peel back. They don't go as hard for a thing as they did before because they remember the last time they did. And that can only happen when you look at a situation negatively. I was watching American Idol. Okay, I, I'm a singer. And so I, I love watching like talent shows. And there was this young woman, she was like 15 years old and, you know, she was auditioning and she has a beautiful voice. She was a gorgeous girl, but for someone who's seasoned, you know, hearing her voice, it was like, yeah, you're not ready yet. You need to spend some time developing your sound, practicing, performing more so that you can be ready for a competition show, you know? American Idol is a competition show. So if you're not ready to compete, you really shouldn't be auditioning for that show. And, you know, I was thankful at the feedback they gave her. And even in that situation, I was like, man, this young girl, she's 15 years old. I remember I remember being 15, right? And and if I was her, I would feel like, oh my gosh, I got rejected because she didn't, you know, she didn't make it to Hollywood. They told her to, you know, go back home, put in some more work and time developing your voice and come back. And so that young woman had an opportunity that day to look at that situation one of two ways. One way could be, oh my gosh, they rejected me. I'm not talented. I suck. I should go do something else. Or the other perspective was, okay, they gave me some positive feedback. If I just go and spend more time honing in on my craft, developing my voice, I have a shot to come back and try again. And I believe that all of us have those opportunities when things happen to us. Sometimes we look at things as rejection when really it's an opportunity to learn. Had that young girl not taken a chance on herself and her voice and her talent, she would have never gotten that feedback. She would have never gotten to, you know, get trained <laughs> musicians, people who have, you know, training in artistry to give her constructive criticism that she can actually use to take her far. 
But how many of us have situations like that in our life where we feel rejected and we just quit? We give up. We feel like we're a failure. And for me, as, as a young person, like in my you know teenage years, I remember having those types of experiences where I just felt like a failure because I thought that I was being rejected. And God had to really show me and tell me like, you weren't being rejected. I was just trying to get you to go in another direction. And as I stated earlier, you know, as you walk your life out with God in real time and you actually put in the time to get to know him and to hear his voice and to process things with him, God is constantly redirecting you so that you can get on the path of alignment, the path of your destiny, the path to becoming the real you, the real authentic version of you who God knows. The only person who knows the real you is God because he's already seen it. And so how can you trust other people's voices if you don't trust the one who made you, right? And I've been learning and growing and developing into becoming who I was always supposed to be. Um, I've been given an opportunity to almost have like a second chance at life, you know, being born again in my older years, right? Um, I was 24 when I said yes to God. And at 26 is when I really started my new career. I had a whole career in engineering in corporate America. And I gave that whole career up, right? Um, all of my years of studying, you know, being in school, like all those long hours, all those internships, like all the work I put in building for a life that I actually wasn't called to. How many of us are building lives that God did not call us to because it was somebody else's suggestion? And I'm hoping that, you know, as someone who's a little bit older now, it inspires those of you who may be in your later 20s or 30s or 40s, like you still have an opportunity. You're still alive. You still have an opportunity to lay your old life down and pick up the life that, that God actually created for you. There is a life that God has actually created for you. And you have to be willing to go through the things that are required for you to become the real you. It may look like rejection, but it is just a redirection. There are so many things that I have learned as a result of putting myself out there and going for God full force. You know, I made a decision that I was going to stop half-stepping this Christianity thing, that I was going to disconnect from the world completely and connect to God completely. And I feel like there's so many of us that are still, we have one leg in the world and one leg in, in this walk with God. And that's why you're unable to really function fully when it comes to purpose and destiny. Whenever I talk to women who have imposter syndrome, a lot of that is, is based on you not having a firm rooting in your identity. Because if you really knew who you were, you wouldn't feel like an imposter. How can you be an imposter in being you? <laughs> you can't be an imposter if you're being you. You can only feel like an imposter if you don't know who you are. And we have been in a time where God has been trying to get his people to spend enough quiet time with him so that they can know who they are. Because when you step out into the world and both believers and non-believers see how you move, they see what you do, we are supposed to reflect God, right? We were made in his image. 
And so if you are so convoluted with how the world does things, if you are so distracted because you're choosing to spend more times on Netflix and you do spending it in God's word, how can God trust us to be us? How can how can people people believe in who we say that we are if we don't even actually know who we are? There are some doors that will not open to you unless you are the real you. And I had to learn this for myself. I had to learn that there are certain things that did not open up for me because I wasn't the real me yet. I was still in development. There were still things for me to learn. I was still sharpening my skills. I was still sharpening, you know, my true identity. And that takes you walking through life with God. That takes you going through things that you may not want to go through because on the other side of that trauma, on the other side of that closed door, on the other side of that relationship dying is the real you. And God needs you to become the real you. You need you to become the real you. There are people waiting for the real you to show up. So I don't know if you've gotten it yet, but when I pose the question, why haven't you found your person yet? I was referring to you, the your person that you're waiting for, that you're searching for, that you're hoping for is you. God wants you to find you first. Find him. And when you find him, you will find you. That's what I believe God was referring to when he said, you know, your life is in Christ. Your your life is in me. Um, You'll find, I believe it's in Matthew. um, It says anyone who hates their life or who lays down their life or who denies their life will find it. Anyone who keeps their life will lose it. What an interesting concept. So you're telling me, God, that if I lay down the life that I've built, the life that somebody else told me to build, the life that the world tells me to build, the life that culture tells me to build, if I lay that thing down, if I push it to the side, that I'm actually going to find my real life? Yes. That is my testimony. When I laid my life down, the life that I had built up for myself over 24 years, I found my real life in Christ. I found out who I was actually supposed to be, what I was you know, actually supposed to be doing. I found me. I found me in Christ. And I didn't know that I was going to find that. I was just looking to be healed. <laughs> I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be walking in purpose because I knew that I wasn't. You know, I knew that I had acquired a lot. I knew that I had influence. I I knew what I had, but there I knew that I also did not have at the same time. And I wouldn't be sharing my story so much <laughs> if I didn't feel like it could impact those of you who are listening in some kind of way, because I think sometimes we look to people who quote unquote have arrived and we don't really know their story. And I wanted to share my life through this podcast because I think it's important to know people's story. I think it's important to know how a person got to a certain place. That's what I love about reading the Bible. You get to see people's perspectives There are some books that are in third person and there are some books that are in first person. And so I love reading the books of the gospel because you are seeing, you know, the perspective from a first person point of view. You get to see how John felt when this happened. You get to see what Matthew was thinking when this happened. You get to see, you know, 
all of these varying perspectives to scenes and scenarios that multiple people experience. And so as you're living out your life, as you're walking out your life, I think it's important for you to respect the journey, to respect your process, because I think for too many of us, we are loathing the things that God is requiring us to do. We are loathing the, the the obstacles that we have to face. We're loathing it so much that we're missing out on those little miracles. In order for Mary, Martha, Jesus's disciples, people who were in the town to witness the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, they first had to experience a death Something had to die. Sometimes things have to die just to get our attention. Sometimes thing, God will put a thing to death to get your attention. Because at that moment in time, there is an opportunity to grieve and there is an opportunity to witness a miracle. This was the scene where it is quoted, Jesus wept. Jesus felt compassion for the people who were grieving the loss of Lazarus because many people loved him. It was a death that meant something to them. How often do things happen in our life that die that we care nothing about? But what about when something dies that you care so deeply about? The Bible says that God is close to the brokenhearted. Jesus wept because he was close to the brokenhearted. He knew how much they loved Lazarus and he felt their pain and he cried with them, even though he knew he was about to raise him up. God will be with you in your despair, even though he knows what he's about to do. I think it was something about experiencing that moment with them that made him weep. I think it was something about being moved by experiencing grief with the people who he loved that made him weep. And in your times of despair, in your times of feeling distraught, in your times of feeling like life is against you, there is something moving to Jesus when we give him an opportunity when we allow him into our feelings, into our heart to grieve with him, to experience sorrow with him. He knows that thing that died, that you loved it. He knows that you loved it and it still had to die. The Bible says that Jesus loved Lazarus and he waited two more days. He waited for the thing that people loved to die. Because not only was he looking forward to raising it up, but he also was looking forward to being with them, grieving in their pain. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we believe in. A God who cares about our emotions. A God who cares about our feelings. God cares about what you care about. And he wants to experience those moments with you. Even though he knows that he's about to raise it up. We have to believe that the things that God allows to die in our lives will be raised up. It may be in a new form. It may be in a new time, but he's going to raise it up. The Bible says that we will take back everything that the devil stole. The Bible also says that the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. 
I believe that we are coming into a season where God's people are going to start taking back things that the enemy stole. God was with you when it died. He was with you in your grieving about it dying, and he will be with you in the resurrection. So thanks to your downloads, we've opened up our listener support feature, which allows listeners of the Modern Day P31 Woman podcast to support us through a small monthly subscription. Partner with us as we continue to spread the gospel to Modern Day P31 Women around the world. Click the link in our show notes to support. This was an episode I thoroughly enjoyed creating. I always love coming on here and just giving back what God gives me. I truly believe that when you have the Holy Spirit, God gives you an opportunity to be a stream. He allows himself to flow through you so that the words, the revelation, the insight can flow through you and flow into others. So I pray that This ministry blesses you. I pray that this episode blesses you. Sometimes God gives us things that we don't always get the first time. But when you think over it, when you meditate on it, when you digest it in time, you will gain the full perspective that God wanted you to glean from the words that he has given you to hear. And so I pray that this message does that for you. If you are new here, um, welcome. (laughs) Uh, Subscribe to the podcast that you can get notifications on new episodes. If you are a returning subscriber, hey girl, what's up? (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Um, I pray again, this ministry blesses you. I'm looking forward to bringing another episode to you. And I hope and pray that As this ministry flows into you, that you will go out into the world and flow into others. Um, I would also ask that you leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts if you have not already. If you have, thank you so much. It helps this podcast to be shared to more women who need to hear these messages. And it also gives me an opportunity to feel appreciated by the subscribers. I don't really get to connect with y'all unless you, you know, DM me or comment on stuff on social media. So it, you know, I'm used to social media interaction. So being able to see your ratings, being able to read your reviews helps me to, you know, feel in connection to you. So um, have a great day. And I pray that you have a blessed week, a blessed month and a blessed year.